Hello, and welcome to Table Topics, the general advice and discussion podcast from the RPG Academy. This is where we talk about things from our table or yours. This is a special episode, episode number 51, Friends with Cthulhu and Friends. In this episode, Caleb and I got a chance to sit down with Josh and Veronica, who are pretty much the main driving force behind the very popular Cthulhu and Friends podcast. It is a series of actual play podcasts using the D20 version of Cthulhu uh, game, though it's actually, as they refer to it later, they've, they've kind of mishmashed their own together, cobbling different rules from different systems that they really liked. They uh, lovingly refer to it as Franken 20, which I think is awesome. Uh, but Josh and Veronica were great guests. We talk a lot about their history with role-playing, um, why they decided to do a podcast, some of the things they do that sets their podcast apart from others, and then kind of what the future for Cthulhu and Friends uh, would be. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we we had having it. Caleb is a super fan of theirs. He He's the one that got me onto their podcast, and and I think we, we show them some uh, some love throughout the podcast, deservedly so, but I will say up front that I listen to a lot of actual play podcasts, uh, one, just to kind of compare ours to other people's, two, because I'm always looking for ideas and just uh, seeing how people do things from the podcast side as well as just from a story side. Most of them don't last very long for me. A few episodes in and it's just not for me. I'm sticking with Cthulhu and Friends. I think they do a fabulous job. It's different than all the other things that I listen to for the most part uh, because it's not D&D for one. Uh, and I really hope that you guys will check them out. Uh, I did include some uh, links in the show notes to their website, to their first episode, um, as well as to their recently launched Patreon page. Uh, they already have a, quite a large following and um, they're hoping to do some really cool things with Cthulhu and Friends and I wish them nothing but success. So here is Table Topics, episode 51, Friends with Cthulhu and Friends. All right, guys, we are here tonight with me and Michael, and we have some incredibly special guests with us. I cannot hide how much of a fanboy I am at this point, so this is fucking awesome that we have uh, Josh and Veronica from Cthulhu and Friends podcast in the house. Thank you both so much for agreeing to jump on. Yeah. (laughs) Giant... Giant crowd cheering, explosions in the background of pure awesomeness. Yeah, it, well, if this was our show, we'd drop the uh, Halo Grunt's birthday party sound in the background <laughs> there. Yeah. And thank you guys for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. This is actually kind of crazy for us that people want to talk to us about this. Anything? Little, anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we do this show and it's whatever, but people, people like it. So, hey, we dig it. We, you guys do a very good job. Um, we are going to start with some pretty general questions. I know you guys have answered them before over the course of your own program, but we're going to hit the basics for our listeners just to kind of recap everything. So uh, we know you guys are from Cthulhu and Friends, the show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that entity? Cthulhu and Friends is a real 
Ah, fuck me. Jesus, just <laughs> go to the garbage can. You're the worst. <laughs> we are all in. We're going to have a fuck count for this show, too, so let's... Oh, I'm fine that. with that. I'm used to it by now. No, Cthulhu and Friends is an actual play podcast. We play the Die 20 version of the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Well, I say we play the Die 20. It's a modified version. It's kind of our own at this point. Yeah. It's very uh, cut up, and we've taken from... Let's see, everything from AD&D through a couple of 4th edition rules. And basically, if we like it and we think it adds an element of fun to the game, we add it. And if we don't like something like spot and listen being separate checks, we nix it and say, you know what, this isn't working for us and it's a waste of time. Let's just get on to having more fun. What I think the thing that uh, really sets us apart from the other actual play podcasts is we're fairly highly produced at this point. We add sound effects, we add music, vocal effects. It is still all dice rolls and, and gaming and GM and all that stuff, but we make a production out of it. And, you know, towards uh, our newer episodes, you're not going to want to listen, like, right before you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is that the listener can basically listen to the podcast, and I've always wanted to feel like when I'm playing D&D, like, oh, man, what would it be like to really be in this moment and really facing this thing and facing this evil dragon? And that was the whole goal is to bring the listener into that moment and let them experience not just the game but the mood and the feel that you experience or that you want to experience when you're playing tabletop RPGs. And the drama! <laughs> Such a drama. So I do want to actually take a, a step back. So... What is your guys' individual history with gaming? Have you been gaming since you were kids? You know, parents introduced you. Did you guys meet through gaming? And then also want to get to when you decided to do the podcast, why Cthulhu and Friends versus like D&D, which, you know, most people are doing, that kind of thing. Well, I, I've i always been a video gamer. Legend of Zelda is like kind of my bread and butter coming up. And we moved to Arizona when I was uh, in the Air Force. And Mike Lane, who is on the podcast with us, was like, oh, you guys should come over to my house and play D&D. And we fought, we fought him off for the longest time. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that nerd shit. Yeah, Are you this shit's me? dumb. This sounds ridiculous. Fucking Wizards. dork. <laughs> yeah. Oh, magic missile. I cast it at the darkness. Anyway. Yeah. And so we ended up going over there and just instantly fell in love with the whole thing. And we were like, oh, fuck, we're nerds now. Shit. <laughs> and so we just fully immersed. We're like, oh, this is a great little culture. I'm going to just settle right in. <laughs> and that was probably 2004, 2005, something like that? Uh, I think 2003. It was pretty early on. Yeah. So not a terribly long time, 10, 11 years. But in that time, we, like she said, we just went in full force with it. Uh, we played every version of D&D except for uh, 5e, which just came out. Uh, well, we did... Play test D and D next when it was yeah. in the in you know those beginning phases. Uh, we've done a few homebrew games. Um, I wouldn't say that the edition that we've played most of D and D is actually three five, and we had not played Call of Cthulhu until we recorded episode one of our podcast, which was really stupid. But we did it. <laughs> I don't know. The the D20 version of Call of Cthulhu, run, it's it's basically the 3.0 rule set. So if you know that, I mean, you're good to go. 
From, uh, a, from a DN standpoint, it was really stupid, though. It was not a good idea. That seemed fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, what made you decide just to say, well, let's play Call of Cthulhu, and let's record it, and then let's do this, just out of <laughs> nowhere? Or did you have kind of some grander machinations behind the scenes? Uh, I wish there were grander machinations. We actually have very differing views on how this podcast actually came to be. She's full of shit. You're so stupid. (laughs) In my version of this tale, Josh and his friend were like, oh, we want to make a podcast, but we don't know what to talk about. And I had recently started listening to Drunks and Dragons, believing that they were nerd poker, because I was like, oh, I like Brian Posehn. I'll listen to that. I listened through like 20 episodes, and I'm like, when is Brian Posehn finally going to get on this podcast? It seems like they would really put him out at episode one. And he never did come through, and then finally I found Nerd Poker, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so when they were talking about this uh, podcast, I was like, well, we should do an RPG and, you know, just do a real play podcast. And Josh was like, I don't want to do D&D. Let's do Call of Cthulhu, and I was like, okay, whatever. I was just excited to be, you know, playing, and, you know, that was fun for me. Well, for me, the reason that I leaned more towards Call of Cthulhu is, A, or 1, I always wanted to play it. Um, I've, yeah, <laughs> I've always been into the, uh, the Cthulhu mythos, Lovecraft stories, all that stuff, so that was a huge draw for me. I wanted to do horror because... God, I mean, it's just fucking awesome. The the greatest... Uh, oh, damn, I'm trying to drop some Lovecraft quotes, but I'm going to fuck it up, so I'm not even going to go there. Anyway. Uh, it's okay, he's dead. He won't remember. True. You don't... You <laughs> blasphemer. You can't prove that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, I had gotten kind of pretty deeply into Welcome to Night Vale, and... Uh, oh, back to the... Yeah, everyone does D&D, so I was like, let's not do D&D. But, you know, I, I'd been getting into Welcome to Night Vale, and I was like, what if we did something that was like Drunks and Dragons meets Welcome to Night Vale? And you have the production and uh, the creepiness and just the weirdness. And that is kind of where we started. It took us it took us a season to get to actually be where we want to be, and that was 21 episodes. Uh, season 2 is actually the show that we wanted to make starting out. But I didn't know how to edit a podcast, how to record a podcast, and all that shit. It just took a little bit of time to figure it out. Now, but I still you, stand by. Oh, go ahead. I was like, now, do you, do you guys have any of the equipment ahead of time? Like, were you in a band, or did you literally have to go out and buy all this equipment for the podcast? Uh, let's see. We have Veronica bought me one year for Christmas a blue snowball microphone because I used to do a lot of music and recording and stuff like that. And it's a condenser mic, and it did a decent enough job of picking us up in the same room. You just sit it between us. Uh, eventually, the Creepers, that's what we call our fans, the Creepers donated us uh, enough money to actually replace all of our microphones. So now we're all using blue Yetis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so, so you actually had some fans pretty quickly. So even though you weren't producing the show that you wanted to produce, it still made a connection with an audience. And I would agree with that. I, I, you know, I'm I'm a convert. Caleb got me involved, so you can thank him for getting you one more listener. Um, but I listen to a ton of podcasts, including Nerd Poker. Uh, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I don't. I haven't gotten very far. I think I just listened to episode nine of season one on you guys. But I mean, 
you guys do a great job running the game. You guys, you know, you're fun to listen to. It's an interesting story. And, and I think even in the first or second episode, there was a sound effect of the creepy twins. And like, you sort of like echoed the, the, her conversation. Yes. Was that in the moment or was that post? I wanted to ask because you guys reacted to it. Like it was at the table and I'm thinking, how did they do that at the table? It was actually in post, uh, and that was just our superior RP skills, I guess. Ah. I don't know. We all just, I mean, Veronica is so good at putting forth her piece, or her NPCs that sometimes we just can't help but, you know, react fairly fucking genuinely. I mean, and just the way she said hello, like, we're just like, boom. Like, it just, you know, it just kind of oogged, oogged Stacy and I both out. I think that was before Mike showed up. I think so, yeah. 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 I, I think so. I think he showed up in the next episode. So, yeah, episode three. Uh, the and, one with the baby. And again, I've already taken over, Caleb. I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's just who I am. Um, <laughs> so, Veronica, are you always the DM or just for this particular podcast? Or like, you know, how did you decide who the players would be? Were you guys already friends with Stacy and Mike? Or how did that happen? I am the DM because Josh does not like to DM. And he is a, he's a really good player, though. He is my strongest role player, and he brings the best out of Stacy and Mike, too. So it's kind of nice because I have three people that are constantly in competition to out-role-play each other, which is great because that just makes me, you know, bring it even harder. But, uh, yeah, it, it was mostly just because I have forever been the DM in this relationship, uh, as far as as far as <laughs> role playing games go, I wish I had not said it like that. <laughs> wow! Welcome to RPG Academy After Dark, people. <laughs> it really does mean Dungeon Master. <laughs> Whoa! Add in that NC seventeen rating, kids. Watch God out! Damn. <laughs> nice. Um, I think I forgot the rest of your question. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I think I did too. Uh, how, how did we meet? Yeah. How did we meet everybody? Yeah, Mike oh. and Stacy. Yeah. Well, Stacy, this was Stacy was a dice roll, bro. Uh, I knew her from Google Plus. We randomly ended up adding each other at some point because we're both into game, like video games. And she had posted a bunch of times that oh, I, you know, I wish that I could play a role playing game. I just don't know a group that wants to play. And I was like, well, here's a person that I know. Because at, at this point, we had a friend that I knew uh, for, that lived here, and we were going to try to get him on it, and it would be the three of us. But that just didn't work out for you know, one reason or another. So Stacy, like I said, was kind of a dice throw, and I think we kind of critted with her. She does a great fucking job. Yeah. And Mike, uh, we've known him forever and ever, and so we felt like he... Uh, knowing he, he's a, he's like the perpetual DM, so we knew that he would jump at the chance to play for a change for a change. Yeah. And the first time that I actually met Stacy was recording episode one of the podcast. So, wow, that's crazy, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told you this was not a good idea on my part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caleb, get us back on track. I've given up. This is off the rails <laughs> at this point. I, fuck. You guys just go. Um, <laughs> well, going back to something that um, we talked about just a second ago, very briefly, you talked about how you guys are always almost kind of competing for role-playing at the table. You know, not necessarily trying to outdo each other, but just to stay in the moment, trying to make those characters come alive. Do you guys do anything to 
build the mood of the game. Like, I know you do the sound effects and stuff in post, but... Yeah, um, actually, if if you've listened to, you know, through the most current episodes, and really, um, I think around episode 12, maybe 11, the series is less, you know, lighthearted and happy-go-lucky, and you actually experience some really heavy moments. And it was very frustrating for me uh, when we were initially recording because, you know, just like whenever you're at a table and you're trying to build a moment, you've always got these people that are like, ha-ha, dick joke, ha-ha, boob joke. And, you know, and that can be really hard to deal with. And so I pulled out this orange flash card, and I was like, this is the orange card. If you see this card, you shut the hell up because I'm building the moment. Lock it the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, just, that is it. And so now whenever I'm trying to build the moment so that I don't give it away, I throw up that orange card, and I'm like, hey, just for a little bit, no jip, no dick jokes, no poop jokes, nothing. Just get into the story so that we can have a moment. And it has worked out swimmingly. Now we actually don't even physically pull the orange card. One of us, like a lot of times, one of us will realize what's going on and be like, whoa, orange card. You yeah. Know? Like we've we've picked up a lot on how she runs the game and what she does to build the mood and to make us awesome sounding. <laughs> Now, you guys record like we do over Hangouts because yes. you two are together, but then everyone else is scattered. Yes, and we actually still, Josh and I actually normally, con- um, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. we normally record separately. He records in the office, and I record in our master closet. So you're closet a closet joke. I, I, I really want to make a joke. I, was, I tried. You cut me off. I, I was waiting for you to jump on that one, Mike. That's where there was my pause. Yeah. So I'm going to blow that and not my inadequacy at humor. Ayo. <laughs> so I, I think I think that concept that you guys came up with, you know, pulling out the card, so to speak, it is a great it's a great tool to use even for when people are playing at the same table. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because I, all of us who have played on whatever side of the GM screen we're on. We always have that frustration of trying to reel players in, trying to pay attention, deal with the distractions of life as we're trying to play. But the fact that you guys have evolved as a group to just kind of sense uh, where Veronica's taken you, I think that just speaks leaps and bounds to your skill as players and, and her skill as running the game. Well, at this point in the show, we have to pay such close attention to as much detail as possible because there are little things that we'll miss that she'll just, you know, beat us in the ass with later. <laughs> we we just really have to uh, be on our A game, like, all the time. And I think that that kind of helps us to make it sound better. Role play. It, 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 pull, it keeps us in the moment and pulls us in all the time. And so it helps us to RP better. Granted, we are making a show. We know that we're making a show. You know, yes, it's all dice and rolling and yada yada. But we're making a show, so we're all we all have the mindset like, oh well, this has to be good, which is a really really difficult dynamic to just hold for six hours. To be completely honest. Yeah. Well, and I think as a as a DM too, we ran a Call of Cthulhu game at GeeklyCon in mid June, and I think we had nine, ten, some odd players. It started out being six, and then a couple people dropped out, and we decided to let people, we just handed them a die 20, said, your 
your roles are just yeah. yeah your roles are just whatever you roll you are your character hop in the game and that was really fun and it's it's just a matter of you know making sure like when I am DMing now I won't sit down because if you're sitting down you are like at eye level with everyone and everyone feels like they're your equal when you're the GM or DM, sometimes you have to elevate yourself. And for me, that is literally standing up and rolling those dice and being intimidating in my presence so that people understand, if you haven't played with me before, well, guess what? Don't fuck up because I'm going to kill you. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I actually co-DM'd that game, and I took it from a different approach. Uh, I was just kind of... I had my laptop up, and I was just kind of crouched down behind it, but I was also laying in music. If you play D&D or Call of Cthulhu with us, I'm going to be laying in music as we're playing. I'm going to be building the mood like that while you're throwing those fucking dice. So, you know, I would hop in and say, oh, well, the knife goes all the way through your neck, and I just made your death even worse. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and kind of helping keep track of things, because with that many people, that's a lot of rules to, to really, you know, keep reined in. And so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I... I Took like a producing DM role in that one. It was a lot of fun. There, there's a couple things I want to throw in there. One, I read a, a book recently called Of Dyson Men. Have you guys read that? No. Uh, I have not. It's an interesting book, and it's kind of charts the history of uh, TSR and D&D and how it was formed. But, but one of the things I found very interesting is, I guess back when Dave and Gary were creating the game, that when Gary Gygax would run, he actually would be, he would have like a file cabinet he would open and he would hide behind it. So he was DMing as a disembodied voice. Had never heard that before. I thought that was very interesting. And then I wanted to talk to uh, Veronica specifically as someone who DMs games that are also podcasts. Uh, you know, where do you get your inspiration? Has anything that you've run been from a module? Or are you cobbling different modules together? And then kind of a follow-up, what's the difference in creating a Call of Cthulhu game versus a, like a D&D game? Um, well, episode one, I like I said, I the first time that we played D and D and made a podcast or uh, played C, uh, Call of Cthulhu and made the podcast was episode one, and so I was really unprepared, and so I went on the internet, found a really quick module, and I started out I think the first twenty minutes with this module, and I was like, eh, okay, I, I think I've got it, <laughs> and I just started making my own story from that point on. So, and that was literally the first time I had ever used a module in any RPG setting as well. But um, because we play Call of Cthulhu, I try as much as I can to get any kind of inspiration from H.P. Lovecraft's writings. Um, a but Stephen King is my favorite author. And I think, yeah, he is a master of horror. And I just, if I can bring my players to a moment where they're like, oh, shit, you know, then I know that I've done my job, and I'm like, okay, uh, I'm Stephen Kinging it right now, and that's cool. <laughs> I love Stephen King. Uh, his endings could be better, but everything yeah. up to those, top of the line. He, he has a tendency to sometimes, you know, oh, here's your nice little bow, and I'm like, oh, that's okay if you leave me some loose ends, man. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, we could probably do a podcast about Stephen King at some point. Yes. But, but I personally think, I think he does such a good job building the moment that it's he just can't live up to the, like, there is no ending that will be good enough for what yeah. he's built to. Agreed. So it's not really a bad ending as much as it was a super good beginning in the middle. Yeah. 
So then we kind of touched on this, but I wanted to ask, you know, why you guys do play the D20 version of Call of Cthulhu. And I think we kind of already touched on that is that's what you were familiar with. So when you decided to start, it made sense. Have you guys investigated playing the actual Call of Cthulhu version? Like, are there differences? I know now you're doing kind of your own hybrid mismatch anyways, but did you ever look into playing? And I, I have no idea what the differences are, but I know that there is a Call of Cthulhu RPG, right? Yes, I think I know that. Yeah. Jinx. That is some coke. You want me to? Okay, no, I got go it. for it. Chaosium owns the the rights to Call of Cthulhu. As far as the role-playing world goes, I, I don't know, and I guess that's why there's really only one edition of the D20 version that Monty Cook did. And for me, as you have to realize I look at everything as like a producer, and as a producer, a podcast producer, I didn't want to do Chaosium because that's what every other fucking COC podcast does is Chaosium. We want to do something different. And in doing the Die 20 version, we're actually making it more accessible to people who haven't played Call of Cthulhu, people who may have just played Dungeons & Dragons or... Uh, or any other number of Die 20-based, uh, you know... I was trying RPGs. to think. I was trying to think of that other one that's like 3.5 on crack. Oh, Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Or Pathfinder. You could just cut all that shit out. I, like from no, the or on. No, that's gold, man. I'm keeping it. God damn it. <laughs> We're professional <laughs> podcasters. But yeah, we we definitely wanted something that was accessible not only to, you know, these Chaosium people. So Veronica, you talked a little bit about where you get your inspiration from. I can gather that a lot of what you do is improvised at the table. Am I wrong? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Caleb. Fuck you. Yeah. No, uh, well, yes and no, I should say. I have an, an overarching story that I know this, we have to get from point A to, you know, any number of point Bs that these people end up at. But... For the most part, yeah, my reactions to them are completely improvised. My environments, however, I do plan those out quite a bit just so that I'm not like, okay, hold on, guys. i got to look up a monster. I didn't expect you guys to do this, and, you know. It's a Shoggoth that kills you. Oh. <laughs> I love your Shoggoth noise. <laughs> I know, right? I know. So but, uh, um, yeah, so I try to improvise as much as I can because they're all improvising, so you know. So you kind of plot out the big moments or the the main the main points along the path that you guys have to follow, but then how you fill in those blanks, you kind of roll with the punches at the table. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, specific uh, specifically as a GM question, and this is something Mike and I have talked about on our show a little bit but I really kind of wanted to get your opinion on it since you guys have the level of role-playing and improv that I really admire. What is your point of view or your mindset when it comes to sticking to a plot point that you have created or established versus uh, kind of rolling with the random chance of the dice or a player's different take on the moment? Oh, man, Uh, that's pretty hard, actually. Uh, I mean, as you guys know, because you, in your mind, you've built this great moment, and it can really only go this one way, 
But uh, of course, those are the moments when you roll ones and twos, and Jack falls down the ladder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Goddamn ladder. Goddamn it. Season one is absolute, or episode one is absolutely me having to improv everything because Jack falls down the ladder. I had this entire ghoul society built up, and I had, you know, all this stuff planned out, and he fell and mortally wounded himself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, I have to get you to a hospital. This is not working out well. And so episode one is me just, you know, giving up that storyline. And if you've listened up to, you know, season two, episode 10 or 11, you know that we haven't gone back there. And it's not that that doesn't exist or that it didn't happen. That's still something that will eventually have an impact on the player's world. But it's something that, you know, I have to respect the dice just as much as they do and uh, and just roll with the punches. And with Call of Cthulhu, that also comes with character death, too, which is really sad for me sometimes because they they shouldn't put a lot of effort into these characters that they know are going to die, but they do, and you get really attached to them. And, Man, sometimes I roll 100% and they roll ones and that just, you're going to die. Nothing's going to save you. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a character that has, everyone has had a character die at this point. So it, it's really sad for me, but at the same time, it's like, you got to put on your big GM pants and, you know, kill them. <laughs> that being said, you've had some NPCs get fucked up that... That's true. I get too attached to my NPCs, though, too. Yeah. So... I think I think my favorite NPC of hers was uh, Nancy Patricia Caldwell, or NPC. <laughs> she had these giant tits. It was so cool. And she was apparently a, like a gold medalist diving champion that also shoots right. guns at the same time while falling upside down. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean that's a thing, right? Yeah. I don't have I don't have to level my NPCs to them. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's the thing. She generally doesn't, as no. far as I know. She makes these badass NPCs. She makes. NPCs that would make like fucking godlike PCs. Yeah, that's true. But that's what I want to play. And 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 it's not for the sake of them bailing our asses out either. Because like I said, her NPCs have still died too. And my NPCs have killed people, so. But yeah, as far as you know, rolling with the punches, it's it, it can be hard. But you, I think, as a DM, you have to say if we don't get to this point. That's fine. We don't have to get to it for another 10 sessions. And sometimes it actually works out to the benefit of the game whenever you're like, oh, man, you know, remember that cave that you guys just decided to leave alone? Well, now all of these goblins have done such and such, and you've put the whole world at risk due to your negligence. (laughs) And now your characters are actually more equipped to handle it, and so now they can go in there and kick ass and take names and... uh, I think that sometimes that's a little more gratifying for the players when they can come back and correct their mistakes. Now, uh, this is kind of a random question because it's kind of an odd time, but do you guys release, is it every week, or do, uh, what's your release schedule for your episodes? Every Thursday. Okay. And you're when curr- we're in season. Okay, so you're currently in season two, and what episode is coming out? Eleven. Eleven, okay. Season two, episode eleven. All right, and then um, I'm a kind of a complete, completist or completionist, whatever the term is, because mm-hmm. I have OCD. So I will eventually listen to every single episode. If oh, someone sure. is just now coming to your show through ours, 
would you advise them to skip season one or is there stuff there that you think is valuable? You need to start at season one, episode one and just enjoy the ride. Yeah. There, there is so much that happens. I mean, we've already talked about, you know, changes in the roster and stuff like that. So you're going to want to really pay attention to every minute. And it's fun too. So, you know, yeah. it's, not like a, it's not like you're trudging through. And I, again, I say this in, in all honesty. I listen to a ton of podcasts. Most actual plays I don't, I don't care for. I know it's probably the wrong thing to say because I do my own, but I judge mine compared to other people's. And usually a couple episodes in, I'm like, nah, this isn't for me. But I'm sticking with your guys's. I do enjoy it. I'm glad Caleb got me on it. Uh, but again, I just listen to so many. I'm, I'm not as far along as I would like, but I definitely think you guys are doing a great job. And, and for me, I, would, I want to continue and I want to listen to all of them. Oh, thank you. We like to hear that. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to what we were just talking about, kind of how to deal with what happens at the table, what's your feeling on flubbing the dice from your point of view, Veronica? I don't. I expect... <laughs> if I were playing D&D with my friends at the table, yeah, sure. When I want that when I want that dragon to take you out and knock you out, whatever, sometimes I will do it. But as far as doing the podcast uh, and with them, I actually have them announce I'm rolling it. I rolled this plus my modifier equals blank because I want to know that they're at least doing the math and they're not just giving me some random number. I don't announce my rolls, but if I roll a one, man, I've got to stick with it. And if I roll a 20, well, ha, 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 ha. So. That's, that's, that's a, that's great that you stick to your guns. The angry DM would be proud. <laughs> exactly. And Michael, you and I have had that debate once or twice about what, what role the GM should take with those potential flubs in the scenario. And we never had a straight answer. So I like the fact that Veronica has a straight answer. Oh, and, and I, again, I, I respect that. For me, I, I'm a bit of a, of a flubber, but the reason I do that is because I am a terrible at getting ready for games, preparing. I do so much improv at the table that I often will create a scenario that will murder everyone. I'm halfway through, I'm like, oh, everyone's dead. So I have to flub rolls because I did such a poor job preparing. <laughs> or I under, you know, I, I put something in something that's too easy and they're just, they're wiping it out. I'm like, oh, okay, well now he has twice as many hit points. And Oh, look, I did, did a crit, you know. So I do it to try to, to modulate the drama at the table and keep it interesting because I don't prepare as well as I should. It's a coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that speaks also a little bit to the difference between the two games. I mean, Dungeons & Dragons is about the experience. It's about the adventure. It's about completing a task. And Call of Cthulhu is just about trying to survive. It's about learning things, and it's about seeing what that does to you. Well, I, I find it very interesting coming at, at this, again, from someone who's not really familiar with the Cthulhu mythos or Lovecraft, but just from a game standpoint, in a normal D&D game, you do a lot of things, and you get better, and you're more likely to succeed. In Call of Cthulhu, it seems like the more you do, the harder the game gets, because you are increasingly get more mythos points, you lose sanity... So it seems like in D&D, the more you play, the better you get. In Cthulhu, it's opposite. Your best option is to find the closet and hide 
And that's actually why we do the modified version of the game that we play, because, you know, in D&D, it's like, oh, you want to reward your players for doing a good job, and so you give them gold or magic items or special armor. Well, if I give my character, or if I give the PCs magic weapons, that is a death wish, because they every time you use magic in Call of Cthulhu, you lose sanity and you gain mythos points. And so I can't reward them with magic items. So what I do is, because my NPCs are super powerful, and because my monsters are super powerful, I'm like, you know what, guys? I'm giving you extra feats, which anyone that GMs Dungeons & Dragons knows is a horrible, horrible idea. Never, ever, ever give PCs something that you can't take back. That I break that rule with every single character that they create. If you did a really good job on your last character, when you roll, when you roll for me again, I mean, it's nothing for me to throw an additional five feats at you to say, hey, this was a really great job. I loved it. And it gives them a better opportunity to role play and save their own asses too. But that being said, we're not going to present her with a character that is unflawed, min-maxed, fucking perfect. Yeah. Uh, I know that I have to give myself an absolute weakness with every single character. With I'll I'll just talk about Jack since he's at the very beginning. But Jack Jack is a drug addict, you know, and so that definitely is a weakness. You know, he has to have his fix. He's thinking about that shit instead of what's going on in front of him, and you know that's kind of uh, that is how at least for me that's how I feel like I've earned those things. That is an interesting part uh, uh, of the the game and the show that I really didn't pay attention to before this point. So that was, that was a nice little peek behind the curtain there. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to preparing for the game, you know, Veronica, that things are going to get unexpected and crazy things are going to happen. So you, you have a plan, but you know something unexpected will, will occur. Are you the type of GM that plans for those weird contingencies? Like, do you have backup plans upon backup plans, or do you just leave that to chance? Well, it's kind of hard to say because I have the world in my head, and so, you know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So one of the things that I think really caught me off guard in Season 2 is I fully expected one of the PCs to kill one of my NPCs. And that just didn't happen. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Uh, I mean, if I were you, I would kill this NPC. You know, this is a really bad idea. And they're like, no, it's cool. I'm going to let him live. I'm like, what? Okay. So now I have to, and that was a moment where I was like, now I have to create a, a serious, not only backstory for this character but like going forward where do I take this NPC that is pretty important to uh, to this character so uh, it's hard to say if I have a contingency plan because sometimes I do because I can expect uh, what my anticipate at least what my character or what the PCs are going to do but sometimes they really throw me for a loop and at that point I just have to let them do what they're going to do and figure it out in the next session I think I'm guiltiest at throwing Veronica off guard, or catching her off guard, rather. You and Stacy are pretty... Stacy too? Yeah. I know that, okay, I'm not going to say that I purposely try to do it, like, oh, I'm going to fuck with her today. I think that you do. 
I'm not going to say that that's what I do, but that being said, that's what that's what we feel like on the player end is like, oh, she's going to just fuck with our brains as human beings, not as not as characters or like as human beings. She's she's trying to like destroy our sanity as we sit at our desks and record. So you know, I, I'm uh, doing my best to make sure that I guess I earned the glorious death. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I want to jump in again here with a couple of technical questions. Um, again, just because I do something similar. When you guys play, do you play like eight hours and then you cut them into hour segments? Or do you play like every week, two or three hours? Or how does that work? Because I notice that you guys, right around every hour when the podcast is over, you're always like, that's the episode. I assume that you guys don't actually play one hour at a time, but that during your sessions, you're like, there's an hour, beep, let's end it and start over type of a thing. Uh, here's a little behind the scenes. For every hour we've released, we have recorded two and a half. So we actually, we take out, uh, when we do post, we take out the ums, the hold on, I have to go to the bathroom, uh, and all of that. And a lot of it is just a lot of us, you know, fucking around sometimes. Because, I mean, and that's what happens at the table. Anyone that plays knows, like, okay, well, only half of the time are you actually playing this game. The rest of the time you're just hanging out with your friends. And it's no different for us. So basically our real play is just letting you hear the parts where we're actually playing. And we take all the goofy, fun, ridiculous shit and we put it all together and put it at the end of the episode so that you can... The most There's a lot of, of table talk that gets left in, you know, as long as it doesn't pull you out of the story and out of the moment. Sometimes a joke in the middle of a freaky segment uh, will be really good as like a palate cleanser, and then you just drop right back into that, and it, you know, and you could just move forward. But then other times it's like I would, I was talking about dicks for like 15 minutes here, you know, we can't leave this in here. I mean, people are gonna think I'm I'm dick obsessed, so you know, we <laughs> take the we take the best dick jokes and oh. you know the 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 highlights of the dick, right? And we put that at the end for fun. I don't think they're an explicit podcast. Are you guys explicit? I don't think so. Yes. Yeah, they are. Oh, okay, are. thank God. <laughs> we are now. God damn. <laughs> but but no, uh, actually, I, I find that interesting because I'm kind of going back because I mentioned I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's probably the number one reason why I stopped listening to an RPG actual play is because they don't cut out the, oh, let me look up that rule book. And I get that there are t different types of RPG actual plays where some people want to say, this is what it's like to play the game. You know, this is reality, four hours of us playing the game, but only one hour of actual playing game, the rest of it's dick jokes. But for my podcast, I'm the same way. I try to cut out all the stuff that doesn't directly relate to the story. Sometimes I'm laughing my ass off at stuff that will never be heard because it's yep. funny, but it yeah. doesn't fit. And like you guys, I occasionally do the end of the bloopers, but I don't do that probably as often as I should. So I think that might be one of the reasons why I enjoy yours so much. Um, is that you guys do focus. It's like a radio play. Like when I listen to you guys, I am, I'm kind of envisioning what's happening. I don't see four people playing a role-playing game. I see your characters interacting in the world. And that's per that's perfect because that's exactly what our goal is. So. Very cool. And I've, got to, I've got to say as a listener, when season two kicked off, that blew me out of the water because you guys evolved from an actual play to a radio drama. And I know that's what you were going for, but just seeing that happen when when episode one of season two started airing, I mean, my jaw was on the floor. That was just a <laughs> great, great moment. 
I think that in between season one and two, we did a promo for season two. And it was kind of weird for us as players because Veronica was like, I wrote you guys the script. We're going to voice act it. Josh is going to produce it. And we only had like the lightest grasp of what the fuck was happening. So we're just play we're just playing these roles like li- and that's literally the only scripted thing that we've done. But after it was all said and done, I was like, "That's it," you know, just that that tight, production. dramatic, mm-hmm. professional production is really where we want to be. And like I said, that had been the the goal and the vision, but it was really me sitting down in front of the computer and and editing and producing something scripted that helped me kind of kick my game to the next uh, level. I, I am the dude that does all the sound effects and the music and all that. I used to do all the, the cutting and editing, but it got to where I was spending like four days a week doing that. I have two kids, bro. I mean, I can't, you know, can't fuck around on the computer all the time. So uh, we have a friend who's been a fan of the show, friend of mine since before the show started, and he's listened to every episode multiple times. And he, uh, his name's Hiroshi, and he is our editor. He, we send our tracks to him, and he makes them sound pretty, and then I make them sound vicious or, you know. Which was, it was such a huge step for us, to, or at least for me, to hand over editing to someone out of house because when Josh got a little overwhelmed, I was like, well, I'll take over all of the phase one and two is what we call it, edits, before we get to the pretty edits with music and sound effects and stuff. And so I did those for about two days a week. And, of course, like you said, we have two kids. And I was like, well, this still isn't working. (laughs) And so when Hiroshi took it over, it's like I think that every GM is a control freak. And so it's really hard for us to give away something. And so the first episode that Hiroshi did, I was like, oh, God, I hope I don't hate this and have to hurt someone's feelings over this. And then I heard it, and I was like, oh, no, this is perfect. This is great. It's exactly how we would have done it. And it was really good. And Josh and I actually sit on our, on our bed Wednesday night and we have a headphone splitter. And so we make all of these decisions together and he's really great. Like, uh, now we've gotten to a point in production where we'll look at each other and be like, Oh yeah, that definitely works or it doesn't. And so we will fight over song choices at some points too, which is a little frustrating, but so uh, I do want to ask Josh, what is your background? Because you, you know, you're the you said you're the producer. What did you do before the podcast? Like, or was this all just podcast stuff? I've been a musician since I was like 13. Well, I've been playing guitar since I was 13. I haven't been a musician that entire time because you always suck for a few years. <laughs> uh, so, looking at waveforms, I guess wasn't. I don't. Uh, no, this is the first time I've ever dealt with podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, uh, season one, episode one was the first time I'd ever edited or produced or anything, and I'm just one of those people where once I get a vision of something uh, and make a decision, I will throw myself at it until I am the best. I don't, I don't like being second best, so I'll, I'll kill myself in the process. So let's circle back from that tangent to... One of the last things we, we talked about when we were talking about the actual game, you guys had talked about character death. In Call of Cthulhu, that is a lot more prevalent than in Dungeons & Dragons. From our side of the thing, we have had a, quite a few shows talking about 
how to deal with character death, how to accept that, ways around that. I know for the most part, in a Cthulhu game, dead is dead, but do you guys have anything different or unique, or do you have any odd way that you handle that? I try to make every PC death mean something, and, you know, especially if you haven't gotten to play your character for very long, I like to give you a really good death. And so for me, even if I roll poor, if you roll poorly and I roll really well, I still want to honor your character and the time that you spent, you know, making this character and then bringing it to life at the table and give you a good death. Something that you can be like, okay, well, that was kind of badass. I don't feel so bad about it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, where did you come up with the rule for the I'm a die die? Was that something you stole? Was that just something you came up with because it's more fun? That um, was that was uh, wasn't is that's a rust rule, right? Yeah, the ninety five percent. We have a friend named Russ who actually used to play with Gary Gygax years and years and years and years and years ago. And I guess one of the rules that he came up with is if you roll a one. He will roll a percentage die, and if it's 95% or higher, you're just fucked. Like, you're just just fucking fucked. And we ended up borrowing that for the I'm a die die. And, well, that's just what she called it once, and it stuck, which so many things work out that way, just like we're a podcast. <laughs> but um, so where did the name Cthulhu and Friends come from? Like, did you guys spend, like, hours and days <laughs> coming up with the podcast? Or you're like, hey, fuck it, we'll just call Cthulhu and Friends. Both? <laughs> A little bit of both. We, I am, like I said, I'm the vision guy and I'm the marketing guy and all that stuff. And so, you know, all the conceptual bullshit that happens like outside of the the microphone generally comes from me. We, we actually you say these things. My goodness. <laughs> just, just back me up there, lady. Gravy. Okay. Well. Well, when we recorded when we recorded episode one of the podcast, we still didn't have a name. So what's so funny is we were like, oh, we'll get around to naming this, and then Veronica and I will uh, go back and uh, stick a name in there. And so we're like, oh, you're listening to... And then we had to go back in, re-record, and cut it and put it in there. But what did it take us, like, almost a week to come up with a name and no we we did it the same day that we recorded episode we? one yeah we just well first we we fucked around with Twitter handles for two hours <laughs> and deciding what our Twitter handles should be and uh, which Stacy's changed from episode one to episode two that fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've oh if your people don't Listen to the show. I'm I'm actually not a misogynist. I love Stacy dearly. We have a relationship where we call each other bitch. That's just all that is. That's true. <laughs> That's one of the best parts of the show, man. I know, and it doesn't come up nearly as often as I'd like nowadays. But you know, we we have we have uh, role playing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we. Uh, I wanted something when I threw out Cthulhu and Friends. I wanted something that kind of captured the comedy essence of the show as well as the horror. So, you know, you got the Cthulhu in there, so you, you'll know what to expect there, and the and friends. So uh, Well, I think that the and friends part came from me because I was like, well, I don't want to be totally stuck on H.P. Lovecraft. So when I decide to bring in uh, another 
bad guy, whether it's, you know, my own creation or something that I borrow from a book, you know, it's going to be equally as horrible, but it doesn't necessarily need to come from the Cthulhu mythos. And we had also discussed, like, well, will we just play Call of Cthulhu forever and, you know, yeah, all of that. And, and now it's like we kind of don't. We keep the sanity and, mm-hmm. you know, Cthulhu mythos points, but it's not even a, a game of Call of Cthulhu <laughs> anymore. It's it's our own game. Franken 20. Franken 20, that's <laughs> what like, we call it. I like that. Who did your logo and your artwork? This guy. Nice. I did it. It's good. I like it. Thank you. I went to art school for a little while and really kind of uh, fell in love with pop art and decide, and, and I also thought it felt it, it fit in nicely with the lightheartedness slash horror. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a really strange dichotomy, but I think yeah. it works well. It's a fine line. Uh, so where do you guys where do you guys pull the horror mood from? Because I know that when you say Call of Cthulhu, when you say H.P. Lovecraft, you have you automatically have that perception in your head of okay, this is the mood I need to be in. But so much of what you guys do isn't just out of the books, as you just said. Um, you know, you're incorporating a lot of elements from non-Lovecraft themes. So what what do you guys do to just bring about that? sense of horror and that style of horror that you're shooting for? Um, For me, the way that I direct the story is I think of things that I would not, I would not want to be in situations like these and I wouldn't want to face circumstances like these and then I throw that at the PCs. The production also makes a big difference in that arena too. My goal when, when I'm trying to build a super creeptastic moment uh, whether it be gory, and we do have gory sections, uh, you know, gory scenes in the show, uh, you know, gruesome, there's some really touching scenes, but a, a lot of that has to do, like I said, with the production. And my goal is to make you physically react, whether it's goosebumps or chills or fuck it, nausea, just whatever it takes. I feel like if I elicit a physical reaction from you, then I've done a good job. And that is a big part of building that mood and that feel. Well, and I also think, too, you know, when you're playing D&D, another one of the hard, you know, DM rules is don't base your story on characters because your characters could end up dying. Well, I know full and well that no one will make it. So... I base my stories on them, and so that gives the players the incentive to play them fully. And from a podcast perspective, if I can make the listener fall in love with a PC and then rip that PC's heart out in front of them and eat it, I have, you know, essentially done my part in this production. <laughs> she is the George R. R. Martin of Game Masters. <laughs> That is high praise, my friend. High praise. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I've got to say, when it comes to GMs, with with Michael as a GM, I'm just always very, very suspicious because he's just an asshole sometimes. <laughs> with Veronica, I'm just fucking terrified. And I'm not even playing the damn game. So <laughs> there you go. Good for you. What is... What is your both of your advice for dealing with those 
oh shit moments at the table. Whether it's a as a player saying, oh shit, I didn't expect this to happen to my character, what do I do? Whether it's as a GM, oh shit, I didn't expect that dice roll, or I didn't expect the players to do something. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? As a player, I deal with a lot of those oh shit moments uh, in, in this campaign specifically. Season 2 has had a lot of those. I think Season 2 has been the season of oh shit. And it's gone swimmingly for me, though. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> for me, sometimes you just... And there have been times, and of course you don't hear this in the final episodes, where I go... I need to take a second. Can you go to another player, let them take a turn, come back to me while I put this together? Because sometimes it's just a lot to deal with. I don't condone the use of uh, alcohol to excess, but having a shot or two before I play helps me to <laughs> helps me to role play a little bit better. But you know, it's it's really that's actually a really tough question to answer because. I mean, early just... on early on in season one, you did start using the percentiles to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I, I honestly, I think in the very first episode, Jack was doing that. Well, that's because Jack was a drug addict and flighty by nature. So he was going to go by whim, and that's exactly what the percentage... That's, that's how I use those percentage dice is to signify his whim. So, yeah... Um, as far as dealing with, like, oh, shit stuff, you take a breath, really think about what your character would do, and just be that fucking character. And I think that I put a, a lot of pressure on the PCs as well to roleplay. Like, at the end of every session, I'm like, did you guys have a fun time? And typically they say yes. I don't think they've ever told me no, but... Um, we've never we've never had a session where I was like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck, flip the table, <laughs> fucking it, fuck... Like yeah no I've never I've I've enjoyed every single every single episode. I think that sometimes for the oh shit moments, um, one of the great things about Call of Cthulhu is that you're using those percentile dice a lot, and so uh, I think in season two I had a, an instant where where one of my characters was facing this huge obstacle, and he rolled really really well for it. And I was like, okay, well, he'll probably be okay. And the entire party is kind of uh, riding on his one roll, which was in the high 30s. And I was like, there's no way that he's going to run into something that's going to be horrible. So I'm going to roll a percentage dice. And I always have charts beside me on my iPad or on a piece of paper that let me know, okay, this is the this is the random thing. And so whether it's a random monster that's huge or small or whatever, I have these little things with my percentage dice. And I rolled my dice, and he was going to encounter this gigantic meteor. And I was like, for fuck's sake, I am going to auto-kill this whole fucking party. And I had to make a decision. I was like, okay, I can either let him roll again and try and save it, and he's going to have to do a really great job, or I'm going to just have to stick with this and let it be that. I think I let him roll one more time on something, and he rolled uh, decently, and I was like, oh, thank God. But uh, for those oh-shit moments for me, I will let my PCs 
roll as many skills and as many things as I, as they can think of. And that is my rule at the table. If you feel like you can do it, if you want to try it, you can try anything. It doesn't mean that you will succeed, but you can absolutely try to save your ass. That being said, that you can try anything is actually really discouraging sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, I want to... I want to take on this monster. I, I'm pretty sure I can beat it. Well, you can try anything. Well, god damn it, now I'm not going to. <laughs> and then you're made gaming, and then you're out. And that's an auto that, kill. Then you're out. That's, that's true. I, I think several times throughout the course of the show, Veronica, you have actually said on air, well, you can try whatever you want. And that is such an ominous thing to hear. <laughs> I just we hear just go with it anyway. I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> Go in the closet and hide for the rest of the game. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, um, that's, that's that's my strategy for Cthulhu. Just run away. Now, you guys, we mentioned earlier, uh, you guys were at GeeklyCon back in June, and that just sort of happenstance. I was at in the same place in Chicago the weekend before that uh, on my wedding anniversary. Did didn't know anything about GeeklyCon. I'm sorry, or I might have tried to have altered that schedule. <laughs> So was that your guys' first con appearance? Do you go to any cons local to you, and do you guys have any sort of like fan service that you do outside of the podcast episodes? Oh, well, um, that was our first con appearance because now we're a part of Geek... Well, I shouldn't say now. We, we're our, we are a part of Geekly Inc., and we figured that we should make as much of an appearance as we possibly can. So that's you know why we ended up doing that. Now, as far as local cons go, this is honestly this podcast game is still pretty new to us, and you know we have real lives. Unfortunately, if we could podcast like a hundred percent of the time and, and go to cons all the time, we would. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you know this next year, um, I think that we are going to try to make our way to some more cons. I know that uh, Necronomicon 2015 in Providence, we absolutely want to go to that in October. And we'll be, you know, running COC games there and stuff, of course. Yeah. And we've been asked if we're going to Gen Con this year, which we just... Several times we've been Yeah, asked. we don't have the finances to go this year because we've just had this geekly thing pop up and we're like, oh yeah, we'll go. And now we don't have any more vacation money or time. <laughs> so, but I think next year we're going to uh, budget and allocate our time a little bit more wisely so that we can uh, get to these things. So, and you guys also mentioned um, that you, you guys have the Creeper Army. These are your kind of your fans, of which Caleb is a, a super member. Uh, I am Absolutely. almost there. And, you know, they, they donated some money, so you guys do have a way to, to get donations. Not necessarily money, but what is like something that you either got from a fan or some sort of interaction you had with a fan that was just like, holy shit. I got this book. Can you <laughs> see this? This is me. Can you believe that shit? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is handbound. Actually, our creepers have been amazing from fucking day one. Um, I mean, if we could just let, you know, of course there's the the donations given for our microphones, uh at Psych Geekly on Twitter, tracked us down at GeeklyCon to give us these Cthulhu scrolls, these mythos-looking like spell scrolls, are fucking awesome looking. Uh, I think that one of the things that I have liked a lot, I mean that that's non-Cthulhu uh, related, is we had a fan buy the entire Doctor Who role-playing game for us, and they're like, "Oh, would you guys play this?" And I was like, 
uh, yeah, of course we will. And so he bought us like all of these books and the uh, the what is it called the uh, the extra material the expansions the expansions. And so we played that on Twitch once, and we need to do it again because it was a really fun game. But I think that was kind of like our first big gift that we got. That was, was like, the oh, first man, one. Oh, man, this is so awesome. I can't believe someone would give us their money. That's crazy. <laughs> and on a side note, if you want to watch that session of us playing the Doctor Who role-playing game, go over to twitch.tv slash geeklyinc, and it's actually saved right there. I'm the GM for that one, believe it or not. Oh, Fantastic. I just got into podcast mode for a second. I'm sorry. This isn't my show. <laughs> no, no, that's not. Actually, if you would, if you want to take a picture of your book, I'll I'll include it as well, since obviously they weren't able to see that. Oh, uh, awesome. We uh, actually, every single one of us has a book. Uh, Mike, Stacy, Veronica, myself, and our fuck counter, David Strait. We have a designated fuck counter. He's a part of the crew. If you don't listen to a lot of real plays, um, I, I think that definitely giving us a shot. I don't know of any other real plays that are like us in our fully produced uh, fashion. So if you want to know what it would feel like to be in a terrible situation, go ahead and give us a listen. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So if you want to be terrified and anxious and nauseous, then yeah. give it give you a try. So what's the what's the future for you guys? Like, um, you know, is there going to be a season three? Does season two go on until the world explodes? Any major changes come in that we can talk about? Um, the players actually have zero knowledge of that. So um, I have through season four kind of plotted a little bit, but it all really depends on how they decide to deal with situations in season two as far as who goes where, and uh, what we'll be doing. But, uh, yeah, it, it should be fun, and uh, definitely a different environment in Season 3, so that'll be fun. We, well, uh, some of the stuff that we have planned is actually tied to our Patreon campaign, so, you know, it, it all depends on whether or not those creepers decide to fund us and, and cover our costs, because we're... We, we, lost a lot of money yeah. <laughs> doing this venture, uh, to be completely honest. But, you know, it's been worth every minute and every dollar, every penny of it. Yeah. So um, with the Patreon, we have some rewards for uh, another feed where Josh DMs. Um, and then we have on Twitter and I think on G+, we've been, like, uh, bombing with Project Bombshell. So we're trying to create some hype for that. And so if the Creepers can support us financially, we will start revealing some plans for Project Bombshell. And also the lowest reward on our Patreon will be for us to release readings for, uh, of H.P. Lovecraft stories fully produced during our hiatus. So you'll never have a week where you don't listen to Cthulhu and Friends in one way or another. So... Our uh, RPG Academy uh, wrap-up question that we pose to all of our wonderful guests. If you guys could give one piece of advice to a brand new player or a brand new GM, someone fresh to the game, what would you tell them? One, two, three, not it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> okay, let me get up on the mic for this. No, um, don't take yourself too seriously. It's a game. Have fun. Do whatever it takes for you to have fun besides fucking up other people's experience. <laughs> yes. I, 
guess from a GM standpoint, if this is your first time GMing, you're going to be really bad at this for quite some time. And don't be hard on yourself. And if you have asshole friends that give you a hard time about it, kick them out and play with people that are nice and that understand that you're just getting your bearings about you. Um, but once you have a couple of uh, sessions under your belt, you'll do a lot better. And don't sandbox for the first year. I mean, my God. Railroad those motherfuckers. Railroad. <laughs> do not give them the sandbox, otherwise you will never get to any of the dungeons you want to get to. <laughs> Can I go to the mountains? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't see why not. You can give us feedback and comments on our website, therpgacademy.com. You can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at therpgacademy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at The RPG Academy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The RPG Academy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.